you know what? Yesterday we went over the defense or the offense. We looked at the Colts offense position by position and said, okay, how does this stack up against the AFC South? How's it stack up against the NFL? Today we go over the defense. We're also going to talk about Chris Ballard a little bit. Chris Ballard's the architect. Chris Ballard is is the top of the pyramid, other than Jim Irsay for the Indianapolis Colts. What is his methodology? What's his philosophy? And is he willing to alter it because of mediocrity? Is he willing to see his belief system as somehow flawed and edit it a little bit, evolve it a little bit? Did he show that he's willing to do that in the draft that occurred over the weekend? Indiana's made a change. Permanent. Interesting. We'll talk about that Indiana basketball with a new PA voice, but it's not really a new PA voice. Uh, we'll talk about the Pacers a little bit too. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Call them. You got doo-doo, they got done-done. That's what they do-do. They take care of it for you. They, you got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution. 765-610-8809 is the number. Hit the subscribe button, punch like, ring the bell, let's go, let's talk about sports. If you have a question of an urgent nature, donate, we'll get to it right away. We will interrupt the broadcast in order to deal with your urgent question, should there be a donation, because it pops up in like a special thing, so it makes it easy to see. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and their defense. You know, they made changes. Not so many changes, but they made changes. And, and those changes may lead the Colts' defense to becoming better. Let's go over the starters and talk first about Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe is the perfect guy, the Leo, for the Gus Bradley system. Kind of follows Gus Bradley around. They were together in Jacksonville, together with the Raiders last year. Now they're together again with the Colts. You've got to have a Leo in order for this thing to work. And Gakwe, according to Gus Bradley, is the right guy. The rest of the defensive front, we know who those guys are. DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay's got to take a step up in class. If the Colts are going to be who the Colts want to be, Quiddy Pay's going to have to be better or he's going to have to be replaced. There's com competition at that position, and that's a good thing. Dial Odangbo, and that's one of the hallmarks of this defense now. That's one of the changes that's occurred. There is legit competition at a higher level than there was before. That's true at edge, and that's true at safety. Both of those really important positions, obviously, in this defense. Taekwon Lewis coming back from his torn ACL that occurred. Probably the best play that he's made as a Colt was that interception. He's returning it, and all of a sudden the knee goes cattywampus, and he's out for the season. What a tremendous shame. Like, you talk about football being the, the sport that kind of peels back the curtain on the good and the bad of life. That, that example is perfect. That is the way football operates, and a real shame for Taekwon Lewis, who is so coming into his own. His rookie year, not good. His second year, better. Third year, better yet. Looked like he was going to really be something last year and, and was really emerging as a force in that defense, and then gunk, the ACL pops. Uh, at linebacker. So the defensive front, 
like, let's grade that. I'd give it a B. A B with an opportunity to evolve toward an A. You know, if Ngakwe can get his 8 to 12 sacks, if Pay can move from 4 toward 8, and then you got Buckner and Stewart, who are, are really, really good and really, really steady, I think you got a chance to have a front that raises all kinds of hell with opposing quarterbacks, and that's what you got to have. The NFL, you win games in the NFL based upon your ability to protect a quarterback, have great quarterback play because of that protection, and your ability to disrupt the opposing quarterback. That's what turns the dial in the NFL. At linebacker, you got Leonard Nokarake, and occasionally Franklin, primarily the Colts employ, they did this under Eberflus, and they're going to do it again under Bradley. Five defensive backs. So you've got the two linebackers, you've got the Mike and Okereke, and then you've got the Will in Leonard. Leonard, one of the best in the NFL, great at causing mayhem, causing turnovers. Okereke, very steady. Uh, better last year in run support, and then still good in in kind of... Uh, coverage. However, you know what? That that's really a place where they could get better play. You 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 could get better than Okereke. Maybe Okereke can be better than what Okereke was. That's a possibility, and that'd be nice. I think because of Leonard's ability to play and Okereke's steadiness at the mic, you you give the linebacker position probably a B plus. The defensive backfield is where changes have really taken place. In free agency, the Colts were busy in building that defensive secondary. They go out and get Stephon Gilmore, who, if he's got a season or two left in the tank, he got uh, healthier as last season went along. Uh, first half of the season, inactive. Second half of the season, he got better and better and better and better to the point where he was named to the Pro Bowl. Stephon Gilmore can go get the football. He understands the game at a really high level. And not only that, thank you, Gary Moore. I appreciate that. $2 donation. Very nice. Um, he what, what Gilmore can do is lift the intellect of that entire position group. So Stephon Gilmore is going to be really, really good for Isaiah Rogers. And then uh, you've also got Brandon Faison as a backup quarterback who's also very, very familiar with the Gus Bradley system. Gus Bradley really likes facing. So uh, it's always good as a manager to have a couple of familiar faces. And Bradley's got that coming into the facility on West 56th Street, walks in the door. He says, hey, look at that, Ngakwe and Faison. That's wonderful. I know those guys. And and the uh, kind of that that feeling of uh, familiarity makes you feel kind of at home a little bit. And that's, a, like I said, a good thing. At safety, in the draft, important. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate that. Um, at safety, important acquisition in Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod, also a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, was uh, signed in 2012 by the St. Louis Rams to come in, play a little bit of, of safety, but more special teams, and over time really developed himself into a starting safety in the NFL. A guy also very, very smart, good teammate, really good dude. He's going to help that safety position. And we don't know where Julian Blackman is 
in his rehab from the torn Achilles. We don't know. We haven't gotten an update on that. So what the Colts also did is they took Cross in the draft. Nick Cross out of Maryland, who is graded by some to be the second best safety in the draft. So that's what you got in the defense. And that's not bad. That's okay. The defensive secondary, I don't think you can grade higher than a B. And, and look, all these grades are incomplete. We don't know how these guys are going to play together, how they're going to function as a unit, how they're going to function in Gus Bradley's system. We just don't know. We don't know a whole lot more about this defense than we do know. We can hope that they're going to play at a really high level, but we don't know. And that makes it a little bit tough to assess. So we like knowing stuff, right? On the offensive side of the ball, you kind of know what Matt Ryan's going to do. You kind of know what Jonathan Taylor is going to bring. You know what Michael Pittman's going to bring. You sort of know, for the most part, what that offensive line is going to be. Because you think that Pitter is going to be a good swap for Glowinski. And then you've got, at, at left tackle, you're not really sure what you've got, right? You, you've got Matt Pryor as kind of the returning guy. And then you've got Bernard Raymond, Ryman as the uh, third-round pick who could step in and is one of the best athletes at that position ever at left tackle. So we're going to have to see what that is. But overall, with Nelson returning, Kelly returning, Braden Smith returning, Pitter is kind of a known quantity. You, you feel pretty good about the offensive line and their ability to open holes for Jonathan Taylor and protect Matt Ryan. But on the defensive side, you really don't know what you got. You don't know how all this is going to fit together and whether it's going to take time to coalesce. You just don't know. So, are the Colts going to be able to compete for a championship or at least a division title? They were 9-8 and eight last year with a flawed quarterback and a defense that wasn't as good as this group, right? I... I know that the Bears, and I, I feel a little bit bad for the Chicago Bears because Matt Eberflus is an unknown to them, but Matt Eberflus is unknown to us, and he's an exceptionally nice guy who teaches people to play the game hard and demands that they play the game hard and demands that they force turnovers. However, as a defensive schematic tactician, I thought he was really lacking. I didn't like the Colts' defense. I think with defense, you've got to be aggressive as hell you got to go out and knock the crap out of people. You have, got to, you have got to drive and determine uh, the aggression. You, you, you have to bring the fight to the offense. And I never thought that the Colts did that defensively. I, I always thought that they sat back and assessed and played that soft-ass zone, and that drove me crazy. And I, you know what? Matt Eberflus, nice guy. Nothing against him personally, but I'm glad he's gone as a defensive coordinator, and I'm glad Gus Bradley's here, and I'm bullish as hell on this defense just because of that swap. And then you get Stephon Gilmore out there as a guy who, when healthy, can really sort of determine where the eyes of the opposing quarterback go and how long the rush has to get to that opposing quarterback. I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, Chris Ballard is a guy who believes in what Chris Ballard believes in. And if it's successful, the Colts are going to be successful for a long time. And if it's not, they're going to be 40, 42 and 42 for a long time. 
that you know what I mean. This is a 500 team under Matt Eberflus, but here's or uh, under Chris Ballard. But here's the thing with Ballard: when Ballard's had a good quarterback, when he had Andrew Luck, when he had Philip Rivers, when he had good quarterback play, the Colts went to the playoffs. When he didn't have good quarterback play, two years with Jacoby Brissett, one year with Carson Wentz, they did not go to the playoffs. The success of the Indianapolis Colts is going to be determined in large part by Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan plays well. He's protected well. He's got good weapons. And we know that he's got better weapons than he had, right? The draft took care of some of that. Colts have a chance to be successful. I'm bullish on the Colts. And that's what May's for. May brings hope, right? Uh, Jeremy Gray... Named the PA voice for men's basketball, replacing Chuck Crabb. I hate that Chuck Crabb left. 45 years of doing that job. And, and you know, at, at some point you just come to the end, and it came for Chuck Crabb, and I feel terrible about that. Uh, but Jeremy Gray is just a great dude. I hired Jeremy Gray as a high school kid. I hired him as an intern because I heard him on WJEL. And I said, that guy is really, really smart. I want him around my product. So I brought him in as a high school kid when he was at North Central and said, hey, you want to be an intern? And I gave him all kinds of assignments and he completed them all exceptionally well. Uh, we've stayed in touch. He's a wonderful dude and, and I'm happy for him because really that position fell under Jeremy's kind of purview. And uh, so I told him when Chuck retired, I was like, dude, you got to hire yourself. What are you doing? First rule of management is when you have an opportunity to kind of hire you. Hire you. Good for Jeremy. Um, I was very upset with ESPN. ESPN, on its front page, had this headline. Sources, Duke poaching UK's Lucas as assistant. That's a little judgmental. I mean, what are they doing? Poaching? They hired an assistant coach and gave him, hey, thank you very much, Jimmy. I, I appreciate that. I love breakfast with Kent and how you ring the bell. We ring the bell for victories, baby. That's what we do. I, uh, what You don't poach. You hire. And then it came from Kentucky. I mean, what are you doing? That, to me, uh, that's a little bit of trolling for clicks. Uh, I didn't dig it. That's going to get Kentucky people to, people to click. And, and I didn't like that at all. Uh, Pacers, we'll talk about the Pacers at some other point. Pacers are a ways from competing at the level we're watching on TV right now. Birthdays, the great Judah Klein, Camp Menominee uh, uh, alum, happy birthday. The great Lisa Wall celebrating a birthday. Lisa Wall, terrific at what she does at Emmis. Uh, Sandy Lenz Prince celebrating a birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell if it's not your birthday. You celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment today. Inside Indiana Sports Now, what a day we have planned. Are you kidding me? You know what we're going to talk about? Sports. Indiana sports. It's what we do every morning. It's what we do every afternoon. I can't wait to do it this afternoon. Gay. Okay.